Hello, good people. Welcome to The Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. Brothers and sisters, thanks so much for being with us. My favorite guest ever is with me again tonight. So if you, if you see stars in my eyes, that's why. That's right, my favorite guest, the wife of the world's handsomest man, Natalie Stefanik. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry. So it begins. <laughs> uh, we're going to deep dive tonight into, into Natalie's journey of healing uh, from sex abuse uh, as a child and the ways that blessed our marriage. Because as crazy as this sounds, like I wouldn't have it any other way. We're going to dive into that. This is not just for you if you've, if you've dealt with this, which would narrow us down to millions and millions and millions of viewers. It's right. like 25% of the population. Uh, it's not just for you if you're married, because the stuff we're going to talk about has to do with general, just leaning into healing and the grace of God and starting over. Uh, it's not for you if you're a kid. So parents, you might want to not have them watch oh, yeah. this good, one. Good uh, but thanks so much for being with us, guys. Natalie, thank you for being with us tonight. We really you're appreciate very, you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. No, too. seriously, though, thank you, because this is not, um, you know, hey, let's just rip open every scab. Right, right, right. Uh, but you know, at the more you you talk about this, I notice the less it feels like ripping open a right. scab, which is For actually sure. part of the healing and owning this. Yeah. You know, I, I don't without going into a lot of the details because last time we we went to the just your whole journey of of your conversion, and how you came to the Lord and the the whole wounding and coming back to Jesus. And by the way, if you have you haven't seen that one, you got to watch it. It's an I love your your testimony. You. <laughs> it's so awesome. Uh, but, you know, so I want, I want to get, we didn't get to this last time, I wanted to get to just what you went through to heal. Uh, but for those who didn't see that, give us like a, the 90 second overview, if you can, of just the, the wounding. Okay. And then we'll get into the journey of healing. So. Okay. The wounding really began when I was eight and my exposure to porn um, from family. Yeah. Should I just say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and then when I was, which kind of, it wasn't like, uh, hey, watch this. It was just sitting out and and some. Well, my brothers dug it, okay. dug it out. Okay. They okay. found okay. it, you go. know. But um, so that exposure already started forming my brain to objectify women there for me. Mm. Um, but when I was eleven, I was sexually abused by my brother's friend, and then I was sexually abused three more times, 13, I think, 14, and then 19, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm. And But the interesting part is that I didn't ever categorize it as abuse, as abuse because um, I thought, A, I thought I was at fault and because I knew them. I was, it was not a alley, yeah. you know, kicking and screaming. That's no, what I always and I, say. I'm glad you, you specified brother's friend because parents are on the lookout for oh, yeah. the stranger. And it's it's often a person where it's like you see someone's humanity in front well, of you. Yeah, and, you and had you, that experience too with your sister, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You you, you see someone's humanity and you you like, I trust this person. Mm -hmm, of course. Or the brain even turns off where it's like, what's happening isn't happening. It's just kind of the cliche. It's denial. It's, you know? and it ha it's like yeah. an instant survival mechanism denial. Right, right, right. Uh, like you know, the you're, you're in the dentist chair, and suddenly you're, you're thinking you're on the beach. Right? But it's it's like next level. Right, right, right. So you didn't categorize it as abuse. Right, um, and also because no one 
reacted to it. That first episode, my mom and brother knew about it. In my mom's defense, I don't remember when she found out about it, but oh, regardless, yeah. it was within the year or so. Yeah. And it was just brushed under the rug. I think she said, I'm really sorry, or something like that, at right. best. I mean, she didn't know how to deal with it. I think my brother. And, and he was a kid at the time, too. Oh, right? yeah. So there's this, oh, yeah. there's this overall stupidity, woundedness. Then there's the, honestly, I. I it's a sex saturated culture. I don't yeah, blame. Culture was nuts. You know, the, you yeah. know, there's something about, like, okay, the, the, whole, the whole Me Too thing, the world. Um, uh, has gone a little crazy in that direction sometimes, but there's something really good about it too. Because I'm, I'm thinking like also of a, a sex abuse crisis within the church. Like people didn't talk about this at all in the oh, 80s. for sure. Like sex abuse was almost never called what it was. Yeah, so absolutely. The percentage I'm, of people I'm who's thinking like about... everybody in authority treated it like, well, you know, whatever. This is what you do. You don't talk about it. If anyone even, I mean, most of the time, the victim never spoke about it. So it's not like people, my, I think my situation was, a, well, maybe it wasn't rare. I don't know. You're probably right. No, um, I, yeah. I'm, so, I'm not saying that to diminish it at yeah, all. Yeah, no, no, no. This I was, is just so common. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, for sure. Well, I read just earlier this week, one out of every three girls, and I think one out of every six boys. Yeah, I don't doubt that. And, and still, Unbelievable. People are, still people don't talk about it. No. In fact, I, I gave... Um, a, a talk at my parish at a women's retreat, yeah. 100 women. Only one came up to me afterwards and said, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. I can I, relate to your story. There is no way, there's no way that that was the only victim in that room. 25 women in that room at least. <laughs> yeah. Out of the 100 would have been victims and it of was, sex abuse. It's just so sad to me. I mean, it's because that, that ancient lie of shame is still oppressing women, even though it's, you know, goodwill hunting. It's not your fault. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's not it's your not. fault. Yeah. No, seriously. I know. It's. And, and you know what? Uh, Jim Beckman brought this up when he was talking about his experience of healing. And that's another episode you got to watch. That one of the wounds is ambivalence. Like, like it's hard to make firm decisions mm -hmm. about things because you feel within yourself. Yes. I not only the abandonment of the family, but uh, on a one level, a basic biological level, enjoyment or curiosity that within you is, is translated as these coexisting things where you don't right. feel like for the rest of your life you could be decisive. Right, right, right. Uh, by the way, I'm gonna ask some questions, including questions I got from people online about this topic a while ago. I want to honor those. And while I'm doing this, feel free to interrupt our discussion. You could text your questions to 720-650-0100. Can I comment on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, please. Part? Um, I, I had a crush on this first boy, so yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. That sense of ambivalence, like, wait, this trusted person, this person that I actually, yeah. you know, had a crush on. And you're a little did girl. This. Yeah. I mean, like, so it's. And yet I didn't feel little immediately afterwards. Mm. Yeah. It's a strange thing. You just immediately, there's no innocence. It's within, gone. Within minutes, it, it, especially when you're young, it, 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 it spurs on these personality traits and trends oh, yeah, yeah. in behavior uh, that you don't even know are there for years. Right. What were these, what were these trends and traits? Um, that I, I put on a very tough exterior, mm -hmm. first of all, and uh, so that I couldn't be hurt. And I, 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 I would do anything. I began to party and you know, it was like, 
I led my friends into sin because I thought that if I led, then I couldn't be taken advantage of. Mm. So I always went one step further, you know? We're not just gonna drink, we're gonna smoke pot. You know, we're yeah. gonna, <clears throat> of course I supplied that and you know, it just. Yeah, you go, you go back into the situation, but now feel control because right. you're doing it worse than That's everybody. That's right, and so that control piece, that was the identifying piece Fast forward, I don't know if you want to fast forward, but into no our marriage, 10 years into our marriage. Did I say this last time about the book? That doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, I, actually, this is great to say. And okay. Tina asked too, how did the process uh, start for you to be healed? Okay. And also, uh, by connection, how do you help a loved one begin to heal? So this book <sighs> story answers Tina's question and the That's question true. of a lot of people. But you were my spouse. Yeah. But so we were 10 years into marriage. Our intimate life was kind of a train wreck. Yeah, you know? and, I, and and thanks to the denial, I had no idea. It was like I like I was right. denying it. So I was like something's off. Yeah, I, I mean, can you um, my heart breaks for you. Oh, no, no. You know. No. Oh, it does. I mean, it breaks for me little me too, yeah. you know, but like it does break for you. Yeah, I'm going to go give myself a big hug if I go back in time. Yeah, like, I mean okay, to buddy. not even know what's what's <laughs> going on off. when I look I at you why. like my eye I can't yeah. imagine what my eyes looked like, you know, like just scared. You know, and you're thinking, I'm your husband. Don't be scared, yeah. you know. No, um, it was. Because it, um, it was an emotional, like, frigidity as well as a yeah. a physical frigidity that I was experiencing, just to kind of put a name to what was happening. Yeah. Um, so there's a book. <laughs> um, I don't so, know what started to open my right. eyes to something being wrong. I really don't remember. But I. Well, yeah, maybe I'll share this piece first. I mean, I was a very anxious, uptight, controlling person. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like myself. I knew that I struggled with that. I always just called myself crazy and, oh, too many kids or something. But I mean, I remember one last episode in which I felt really out of control. And it was uh, spurred on only by kind of a, a very simple thing. We picked the kids up from school and wanted to spend half a day in the mountains, but we had to make it back down. Mm. Well, it got screwed up. The schedule got screwed up. I remember spiraling mm. in our bedroom from that piece. I mean, yep. I can't even put myself back in that place where I can remember the actual thoughts. But I was suicidal. Like, yeah, like, you just because, want to die. like my world was just, I, it, like I said, it's hard to, that sounds really far-fetched no, and crazy, if, but... If it, there's a great saying, I don't know where this is from, if, it, if it's hysterical, it's historical, right? That's yes, like, that's your mom. That's my mom always <laughs> says that. Like, if, you're, if your hysteria internally doesn't match the, right, the right. what's coming at you in real life, in real time, right. there's something in your history that's being kicked up, probably. That's right, the overreaction, and yeah. that was just an extreme, and, and maybe it's because my daughter was approaching, some, some people mm. said this, approaching the age that I had mm. been with the first abuse, but... Anyways, that almost immediately preceded the book. Okay, the book is that we were at Barnes and Noble cashing in our annual gift cards from your mom Thanks, for Christmas. Mom and, <laughs> and Chris comes over and drops on the little kid table that we were sitting at, um, The Courage to Heal. It was a book uh, for survivors of sexual abuse. And I didn't understand why you were giving it to me because yeah. I never categorized myself yeah. as a survivor. And do you you don't remember why either, huh? I I guess the growing sense that something was off, and I and and as I 
stroll, scroll through the, stroll through the store. I mean, the, it was a grace-filled moment, I think. For sure. Uh, and the, the book is amazing, by the way, but quick footnote, it's it's not written from a Christian perspective. Right. There's things in it I disagree with, but there was stuff in it that was like, right. whoa. So the first, the first and most important piece for me was identifying myself as a survivor. And it happened when I opened a chapter all about what a survivor survivor's behavior looks like and it talked about control mm. and I was just that was me and so then I started then I you know flipped to the front well what does it mean to be sexually abused and then I I mean of course I was you know yeah um and it, for the there was so much relief so mm. much relief because I had a direction I had a you know in yeah. other words I could call myself a survivor finally it I had to work up to it wasn't my fault still, you know? Yeah. But at least I knew what the problem was. And then I can go to therapy and start dealing with it. Because mm. I was no stranger to therapy. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's, it's no surprise. Uh, <clears throat> thanks for the courage, by the way. And I know a lot of what drove you to that was love for me. Absolutely. So I'll be forever grateful for that. That's why when you, uh, I mean, I, the way I've come to process all this, I, I, a couple years ago, I probably burst into tears even thinking about old me and uh, what I was going through without knowing I was going through it right. as a young man. Right. But I just feel so much gratitude now that it's overcome those other feelings. Uh, I'm just so for grateful sure. for you that you had that, that love. For, for, so you didn't just do it for your own freedom. I know you're, in the times when you wanted to throw in the towel, it's like, oh, I love my husband. 100%. So <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't live with myself breaking your heart, you know, like over and over, or like having our intimate life not thrive. I love you. Thank you, know? you Nanny. You're welcome. Praise God. Um, so I started yeah, no. healing. Yeah, so what, uh, this is a question that came in from Marty. Uh, what process did you find most helpful in, in healing, in ongoing healing? EMDR. Yeah, spell for that sure. out. Okay. I, you're excited about EMDR for good reason, and I and yeah. we don't often get a chance to talk about that. It's really cool. Right. Um, EMDR is a process by which, well, the process is, is interesting and kind of funky, and I was certainly a cynic. Mm -hmm. um, in my case, it was listening to tones, like through an old-school Walkman headphone, mm -hmm. and it was like a metronome. Boop, boop, boop. And while I was listening to the tones, you have these little paddles in your hand connected to that little device that are buzzing with the tone, back and forth, alternating. And you could set the tempo, the volume, you know, it, you wanted to push yourself to have it as loud and as, as you know, um, strong as you could without it being uncomfortable. Yeah. Again, I don't know the science behind this, but... Uh, this, is, this is not a snake oil salesman stuff. This is accepted. No, yeah, this is 100%. In, in main, a pretty mainstream among counselors. And I don't think they know why it works. It's just that Yeah, that's does. what my therapist said. She said, we don't exactly know why, but what it does is trauma is stored in a different part of your brain. But of course, every day we operate out of the frontal lobe. Mm. But when you've heard trigger, you know that word when we're yeah. triggered, what's happening is that that trauma is being accessed and you're overreacting to something, but you can't process it because it's not here yet. Mm. So I could tell myself yeah. till I was blue in the face that you are not my abuser. Mm. But it, I wasn't able to access the memory to process the truth, to speak into that memory. It's profound. EMDR lets those two parts of your brain communicate mm. somehow, somehow through that weird. And you, you would go through remembering in 
profound detail. Oh, yeah. Uh, I almost don't want to scare people you know, yeah, away. While these things were unlocked in you. And there were, I know there would be times after EMDR I just wanted to puke. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. But through that process of remembering again and again, you'd bring it to the forefront until it no longer uh, was, was traumatic. It, what happens is the end result is that, you're, like I said, you're able to speak into that memory, mm -hmm. speak truth into it, and it desensitizes the memory. So mm -hmm. it doesn't have as much power anymore. So you're not reacting to it at all. The, the D mean, is desensitization. Yes, yes. Eye movement, maybe repetition. I'm not really sure. Yeah. So that when things come up, well, when, when they come up, when, they, when you remember them, when you recall them, maybe unwillingly, it just comes up. You're no longer. Oh, locked, yeah. My, my body had memory. I mean, and mm -hmm. there's a great book, um, the, the Body Keeps the Score. Yeah. Um, uh, for trauma victims, but yeah, your body has memory. Everything about you is like you know. I mean, and there's a few yeah. levels too. There's the there's the level of of healing from trauma. There's also the level of renouncing of lies. That's the that's the second piece. Yeah, to yeah. Share, share so, about that. So talk therapy for many years. Then after you, I was months with a therapist. Then you do EMDR. That was a, that's a major thing that I want to point out. You don't just jump into EMDR with a new therapist because you're not feeling safe yet, you will not go as deep. Mm -hmm. And you need to go with one that's been certified from the EMDR Institute. I gotta say that because I've met yeah. so many people who are like, well, I've tried, it doesn't work. Right, right. Did you do that? Every time they have not done it. The okay. way I just spelled out, okay. okay. But then there is the, the renunciation piece, the spiritual aspect. I really just wanted to cover every angle, you know, because I just wanted to, crush yeah. the, you know, I want to thrive, right. you know, I yes. wanted to be free. So um, Unbound, the book Unbound was recommended yeah. to me and actually Jim Beckman and his wife Meg yeah, yeah. were the ones and that... And have you read the Chris Stefanik book, I Am? <laughs> no, no, she hasn't, ladies and gentlemen. My wife no, does not read my book. <laughs> I'm the one who helped you write that. <laughs> you're, you're right, you're right, you did. Turkey, turkey. <laughs> wow, Turkey, wow. watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the, it was that, uh. that process of recognizing then this is boils down to a lot of what counseling is all about. The negative cognitions, what are you saying right, to yourself? Right. And, and there's a spiritual component to those things mm -hmm. where you're telling yourself a lie, got to identify it, renounce it, tell yourself the truth. There's that next level too of the inner vows that you take, like yeah. things you start to think without thinking them. Like the, I'm on autopilot saying, I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, I'm not safe. It's like, no, right. I'm going to counter those with right. truths in the gospel. The inner vows, you start to will things like... Um, I don't know. I I'm, I I have to make everyone happy, mm -hmm. and therefore I will. I vowed that. No, I didn't right. even know that I took that inner vow right. to renounce that lie, that vow, that promise of your heart. Uh, so all this stuff is, is, is just part of the any, healing. Including any any possible demons, you know, that are or spirits yes. attached to these things. That it's like I don't really typically go much into that realm. Yeah, kind of freaks yeah. me out a little bit. Um, but well, you don't have to go far. To use I don't have to go far. Christian. That's right. You just say in, it. In Jesus' name, I renounce. The spirit of fear or the spirit of shame, or you know. Yeah. So this, it's, it's, it really is that, that simple. You recognize a, uh, an inner promise or vow or lie. Mm -hmm. I, I renounce in Jesus' name the lie that I am, uh, that I am inherently broken. Mm -hmm. And I send to the foot of the cross any demon associated with that lie that's yeah. helping me live out of it, to be punished yeah. by Jesus and sent to hell where it belongs. Right. And I claim the truth that I am whole in Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. Yeah. 
one that I've been so working on recently. It's both those things. Yeah. So some people think it's either counseling or this. Like, no, it's, oh, it's the one, two. You not. get cancer, you, you do chemo, and you're praying. And you're doing both yeah. these things, and the Lord works through the, oh the, the whole process. Totally. I can't handle when people... I mean, it's, oh, frust- one is, one or the other it's frustrating, Why? or you're just cerebral and not emotional. Yeah. You're, you're just, you know, like, we right. are right. a beautifully, yeah. you know, composite yeah. creature. I, I just wanted to say that because I see this a lot in, I can almost peg survivors yeah. because of their control, but also, especially if they're moms, because of their fierce need to protect mm. their mama bears yeah, in someone the extreme. Asked, any advice you give to protect your daughters from... I mean, abuse. see, this is kind of, I mean, of course you, you do things to protect, you don't right. let, you know, uh, unknown babysitters come into your house or, right, you know right. what I mean? Frankly, I, I don't like, I'd rather not use any babysitters ever, you know, but like yeah. good Catholic girls from the AI or, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's no, who we here. have used. We are yeah. spoiled. Um, uh. But yeah, that spirit of self-protection, that is just fierce. Mm has to be some level of surrender. Amen. Uh, Patty asked, what are your tips for making it through when things are really, really hard? Mm. And uh, I, have, I have some things I could speak into this too. Um, I mean, for me, th- this whole process was uh, for a time of something I, I resented. And then something I came to realize, oh, this is how the Lord's healing me. And you know, my, my counselor went to when you were going through counseling. And by the way, if your wife's going through this, dude, you need to go to counseling too. Immediately. Yeah, Pre- right preemptively. Because it's hard to make sense of anything your wife's going through. Yes. You can't put it upon her as she's going through that to tell you everything she's going through. You don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. And then God's kicking up your wounds. And, and I, I think of the analogy my, my counselor at the time told me that, you know, when you have a broken bone, the doctor's going to start pushing on it to see exactly where it's broken. And this is what God does. You, you go into marriage thinking, this is my healing balm my wife. Right. And the Lord's like, sure it is, but it's also my diagnosing finger is going to squeeze your bones, right. to, your breaks, and to see exactly where you're broken. And, ah! and yeah. to, to get to a place where I could uh, be at peace with pain and thank God for it. Because the, the initial response to pain is, I want to run away. Or once I get to the other side of that, I'll begin to live. And the Christian path is the sacred heart of Jesus. I drew so much comfort from that mm-hmm. image. This heart that's wounded, burning, on fire, and bleeding is not a pretty image. It's actually a horrifying image, <laughs> but yeah. it didn't become icy cold. It didn't right. run away. It's that I'm going to go through life with this pain. And right. this, is, this is precisely the path to who we are. And the Lord healed me of so many things. So I, I had to get to a place where I was at recognizing the pain for what it is and saying, I'm not going to run away. Right. That and was I'm, huge. I'm going to stay here. And while I embody what hurt you while you're going through it, I'm just going to stay here in the pain yeah. with you. And um, and beg God for grace. That's this is the part I want to. Say. I mean, I don't want to sound too idealistic, which it almost does, because we've yeah. come so far. I mean, Chris and I are really free. Yeah, really, really free, th- really free right now. So, I mean, at the time when it's acute, I, I'm not at peace. You know, peace is not a word I'm describing. I am surviving. You're in a battle, and I'm doing my best to to keep putting one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. keep taking care of the kids, keep making dinner or buying Subway or, you know, or yeah. um, keep smiling in the house or something. Yeah. Just put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, I love you. you Thank know, you. I love you too. But the, the, the prayer I would pray that I never thought I'd have to pray, you're, you're, you're engaged to this woman you, you're in love with, so beautiful, mm-hmm. and like everything's going to be great. And all those couples that struggle, pff, 
they just don't love each other as much as we did right, right, when we were 19. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, to be in those moments when I brought to my knees and saying, Lord, you gave me the sacrament of marriage. Mm -hmm. You gave me this grace. I call upon that grace right now because I can't do this. Right. And I need you to kick in with the grace that you promised to give me to fulfill this vow that I took in your presence. Mm-hmm. That is a prayer that Jesus has always, 100% of the time, every single time, answered. Yeah. Every time. If you would only answer every time I pray for money with that much generosity. Oh, my gosh. Just let me win the lotto. He does not pray for money. <laughs> I don't. But <laughs> that one... <laughs> Actually, this is the better prayer than anything else you could desire in life. Yeah. Give me the grace to be who you call me yeah. to be in this moment. Right. And it's like, boom. It's like, thanks for asking, dude. Right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm totally. here. Oh, yeah. Um, go ahead. Any, anything else you want to add for, for how to oh. get through when it's really tough? Um, uh, bracketing is pretty key. Right. I'm sorry. My, I spaced thinking of yeah. something else, but that's, that's right. Bracketing. So every single week after therapy... This That's when our began, date nights. This is where we began date night. That's the origin of date night. So we would, I asked my therapist because I would have such amazing insights. Don't I have to keep, I, I was afraid of losing the insight. Mm. If I didn't just, you know, journal it or just somehow keep it together, or keep thinking about it. She said, do the opposite. Mm. Stop thinking about it. Your brain will continue to process it as it needs to. Go have sushi and sake with your husband. Mm. And so I just took it, put it there. I didn't deny it. I just didn't, I just... Put it over there. Right. And um, I recommend that with to my kids in so oh, all yeah. negativity, are, you know, fear, just just put it there. You're not or depress depression. You don't have to solve it right now. No. Your brain literally doesn't want you to take a break. Sadly it'll be there when you get back to yeah. it, like <laughs> in one sense. But you know, for real. Yeah. And, and that I mean, that's a spiritual devotion for us in our marriage that mm -hmm. we do a weekly date night now. And it's it's our way of proclaiming to one another, no matter what we're going through, that we are more important than that thing we're going through, which seems yeah. all important, no matter how bad that something is. Yeah. And you become a counseling wanting to puke and be like, bracket, put it aside. Right. I remember having to pull life. over in parking lots and wait till I could drive and feel yeah. physically okay to drive. And mm. then I'd come home and we'd go to sake or sushi yeah, and sake. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a great question from a guy named Mike. Uh, what helped you when you felt like I'm the problem? Because I know this is something you struggled with a lot. Oh boy, you were going through this, that and this was, was not the a worst. this was not a quick process, by the way. We had ten years of things feeling kind of off and not mm -hmm. admitting why to ourselves. A good five so, years of on and off therapy. There'd be times yeah. it was like we got to take a break from this. Yeah. Um, so the, it was fifteen and then it years popped before, up like three years ago too. Yeah, just a little bit, and then, then it went away. A little bit, know? but extra painful for me. Yeah. Extra painful. It was that almost was that, like me too. It was really tough. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to say. Yeah. How do you get through acute times? Courage and and praying and just being like, Lord, I cannot do this. You have to do this for mm -hmm. me. And he'll show up. Um, but uh, I'm spacing. What did Mike just say? Oh, when you when you felt like I'm the oh, problem. That's right. Th that is truly the worst. Yeah. It, it is the worst because I was the problem. I was the one bringing this into our intimate life, but it wasn't my fault. No. It was just, I mean, it was... We're one. There's only one problem. It was just the worst, you know? I mean, because I, I would say I'm sorry, and I would mean it, but then it was almost like, you know, I was admitting fault at the same time, and it just... Oh, that last uh, bout we went through, um, a, a friend of ours had a prophetic dream mm. that was really helpful, like, and we needed it. Mm -hmm. The Lord speaks overtly when you need it. And she didn't talk to this friend very frequently, 
Yeah. But she called and she said, I had a dream that you were wrestling a man named Adam, which would be the embodiment of all men. Mm-hmm. And you won this time. And it was a final victory. Mm. And I needed to hear that because when I, this all came up again, it was like, that was the Lord saying, push through this. Right. You're going to be okay. Right. Um, and for, it wasn't for, me wrestling a, a man in a feminist type of way. Like, oh, no, 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 totally. No, but, you, but you crushed him. You body slammed. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, some of those worst times and, and, and that last bout, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, a, a husband, if they're not careful, can add to the perception that you're the problem. Right. Gratitude was the perspective shifter for me. Right. And this, this came up, especially that last time. I remember the moment where I, where I shifted to gratitude because I, I, I thought, when am I going to get normal? Like I have this idea of normal marriage, which anybody watching have a normal marriage? I'm going to guess you're all saying no. Right? We, we have these stupid ideals of what normal is and we import them into the, to the gift that we have. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, 10 years of, of like not normal and then five years of counseling and it's just coming up again. Like when's the normal come? Mm-hmm. Will I ever know normal? And when I shifted to gratitude, I realized those people who have a quote normal marriage and who haven't been through this will never know what it's like to have your wife walk through hell to be with you. Why did you say that? Why did you do that? <laughs> I didn't think I was going to cry. <laughs> I love you. They'll never know that. Right. And I would prefer this. I mean, dude, like normal, normal is nothing next to that. Yeah. Normal is nothing next to the self-gift that you can have when the person has to go through hell to give you themselves. As abnormal as the gift is. Can you break? It's all about life and sharing. And, and, and there's no, like, the, the yeah. pain, the, and it might come up again. It would be in counseling again for something. You know, it's, it's yeah. about life together. It's not about this stupid totally. ideal you have about what life together is. Yeah. It's about actual real life together. Yeah. And uh, that's the gift. I, I hate to say it, but in resp- direct response to what Mike's asking, I do think that, like you said, intimated, it does fall on the spouse to kind of be the one to say, I know it's not your fault. Yeah. If I could do it again, I would beg you to say that yeah, to me how, at a time and I when I didn't. Better. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I don't, you know. <laughs> love you. I Sorry love for you not too. saying that enough. I forget. You, there is so much it's, beauty in Natalie, not despite what she went through, but because of it. Oh, I, I just yeah. gotta, uh, and there's things you love about yourself I, that I love about our marriage that you love I about yourself. I really love myself now because yeah. of this. Yeah, I think I would be a raging, you know what, <laughs> if I if I had not suffered in this way. I mean, my heart is my favorite thing about myself. Isn't that awesome? And it grew because it broke. Yes. You know. And there's the it grew uh, stronger. Show the tattoo. I'm sorry <laughs> if you don't like tattoos. Look, I. I'm, I'm I started sorry, late. I'm not sorry, but right. uh, we don't have a lot of them. But she did get this in the Holy Land. Uh, come with me someday. Information on reallifegatherly.com for the pilgrimages. Uh, but there's a place outside the, the Holy Sepulchre that's been tattooing for 28 generations. And she got, this is a very ancient Jerusalem, um, Jerusalem cross stamp. And in Aramaic, well, it goes this in, way. in the language of Our Lady, is the words. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Yes. Because I can say that now. Because of the way I love because when I love my children, I know that's God loving them, and I've become a cleaner vessel, and I'm not, I don't have all this stuff <laughs> reaching its ugly fingers in. Dude, we're going to have to stop soon, because I'm going <laughs> to 
just, <laughs> just gonna melt in my chair. It's gonna ruin the entire oh. professional nature of this broadcast. <laughs> yes, there's a way you love the kids and all of us that we are grateful for because of what you went through. Because what you pushed through, don't ever give up. Courage. The courage, Lord's courage. Uh, plan is in the midst of the pain. Uh, don't give up. Call upon His grace. Trust Him that this is part of the plan for your, you personally, for your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.